tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. I'd like to welcome the president for National Teachers Union, Mr. Alan Thompson. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Good evening, Patricia, and thank you very much for having me on behalf of the National Teachers Union. And uh, the next guest that is going to be joining us as we speak about uh, the COVID-19 cases in KZN schools that are nearing the 1,000 mark, I'd like to welcome the DA Education Spokesperson in KZN, Dr. Imran Kika. Thank you very much for joining us, Dr. Kika. Thank you very much, Patricia. Greetings to you, the listeners, and Mr. Alan Thompson. Both of us, I think, are here in Newcastle today. Oh, okay. So it seems that Newcastle is the hot place to be right now. And, you know, we, we are not having this discussion to, to argue about the facts, but we are having this discussion to possibly see if there's any way forward and what would the best solution be. Since the outbreak of COVID-19 in South Africa, we had the lockdown, which was in March. And up until then, schools have been opening gradually, grade by grade, especially for public schools. This, this obviously excludes um, private schools because private schools, most of them have still been continuing with online learning. So private schools, learners, majority cases, have not been disrupted in their learning except the fact that they're not going to classes. But mainly public schools have been opened. In June, we saw grade 12s and grade 7s open up. And now in July, we've seen other grades opening up. However, the number of COVID cases has been increasing at schools, not only for students, not only for educators, but the support staff, security staff, and the likes. I'd like to firstly start with you, uh, Mr. Thompson. Tell us if these figures are accurate, because in KZN, it's marked that current cases that have been reported are 873 COVID cases, but further, you know, distributed amongst the the, the districts within KZN. Are these accurate figures? Well, uh, well, firstly, we we are disputing the the figures that have been shared uh, by the Department of Basic Education in the province. Um, The reasons being uh, what we are getting on the ground. We have representatives in almost all the schools uh, in Guazul Natal, uh, uh, in the Eastern Cape, and other provinces, uh, because NAT is a national organization represented in all the provinces. But because you wanted us to zoom in into the province of Guazul Natal, I will be very specific. Initially, uh, when the minister was announcing, uh, I think not the very last media briefing that the minister was having, um, but uh, the other one, uh, where the Prime of Kwazulu Natal was addressing the the nation on Sunday, and also the Premier, I mean, in the very same Sunday, the the minister was going to address uh, the nation. The figures that they were sharing, they were not the same. The minister was talking about almost uh, 1,100 teachers and learners that have been uh, affected by the virus. But the premier was talking about figures that were 320 more compared to the ones that we have received. But we are also disputing the very same figures that are being shared by the premier because of the following reasons. One, 
We have schools where a principal of a school, as we speak now, principals of schools have been admitted in, in, in hospitals, they are in ICU, they are on ventilators, but there are schools that they are, they are running. They've been in those schools since the reopening of the schools for the first cohort. They've been in those schools, they've been addressing uh, members of staff, they've been uh, uh, visiting members of staff when they were teaching in classroom, supervising, but their own schools were never told that the principal has already contracted the virus. So, which means no one in the school, the school was never shut down, the school was never uh, disinfected immediately after the principal of the school was reported to have tested positive for COVID-19. Now, then the main question is, how many other members of staff were infected by the principal who interact with almost everyone in the school, who does not even observe a one-meter distance between himself and the staff member, because every morning you have to come and sit down and, and, and fill the attendance register. The principal is just seated right in front of you. You are breathing to each other with the principal in a very small office of two by uh, two meters. So that's the first issue. The second issue, we, we also received reports of district offices where official members of staff were also tested positive. And the incident was reported, let me say, on the 18th of June, but the school, the district office was closed on the 1st of July. And the very same official that reported to have been positive is having a, a, a sister, is having a wife in the very same uh, institution where he is working. But those people were continuously coming to the workplace, interacting, moving around in all offices, after they have reported that the husband has tested positive. Now, how many other people were not reported to the department who have also never been tested because the Department of Health only came on the 4th? The matter was reported on the 18th. The, the district was closed on the 1st of July. The, the officials from the Department of Health came three days after, which means they came on the 4th. That is the case in almost all the schools where a teacher will report and will simply go home and nothing will happen in terms of trying to trace the close conduct, uh, uh, subjecting teachers to testing and learners to testing. Nothing is being done. Hence the concern that you're raising that mm. these figures are not correct. If they were taking correct figures, if they were tracing people, they should have realized that the damage is more than what we are seeing, uh, uh, which is reported by the department. My goodness. So this is clearly very worrying, the fact that uh, the figures, according to the National Teachers Union, are not accurate. And according to what you have said, Mr. Tom, uh, Thompson, that um, also measures of desanitizing or sanitizing or, or, or cleansing premises, whether it's district offices or it is schools that have had a case reported, were not properly followed. So this is quite worrying. I'd like to come to you now, uh, Dr. Kika. Dr. Kika, when we are taking a look at the increase in KZN of the number of students or the number of schools that have reportedly had uh, the, the, the figures of COVID-19 increase, what is your take as a political party and also as a doctor? 
What is your take? Do you do you feel that with the numbers being the way they are, assuming they are correct, do you feel that we should continue with the schooling uh, system the way it is right now in the pri- in the public schools? Patricia, first of all, allow me to convey condolences to all those that have passed on. I mean, I've also had deaths close to me. Um, I currently have a number of uh, my own patients in my limited practice who, you know, uh, who have COVID and who, many who are symptomatic and persons under investigation. And we want to express our well wishes to all those who are going through this and strength to all families that are involved and everyone uh, in the communities that are dealing with COVID. Um, and I think that the community itself is reflected in what happens in schools. And the deficiencies as highlighted by Mr. Thompson are indeed very worrying, and some of them that he's spoken about are actually quite disgraceful. And these revelations certainly cannot be taken lightly, and I think that listening to him right now, perhaps Mr. Thompson and I need to sit and engage a little bit more of this program, Patricia, where we can look into these things and have a look at them at the level at which we sit at in the Education Portfolio Committee as well. Patricia, uh, I think that these figures and these statistics that we're given, as I said, are a reflection of what's happening in our communities and is definitely a moving statistic. So as the numbers in the communities begin to rise, we'll see as well issues and numbers in schools also rising. I have a school uh, that I attended when I was in high school, not 200 meters away from my house. I was fortunate that I didn't have to walk too far. Um, Like many learners, some of them who have to walk 20 kilometers to school every day in in this very Amachuba district that Mr. Thompson and I live in. Uh, That was closed for three days because a COVID case was identified. The school was cleansed opened the game for a day, and then closed the game, uh, well, it might open the game next week. So this is the situation. It's a moving target. It's a moving statistic. And these numbers, whether the Premier reports them on one day, the Minister reports them on another day, and when they report them a few days later, they will be staggeringly different. We've seen that there was a jump of around 10,000 positive cases between the reports of the National Minister of Health on the number of infections in the country on, on, you know, just from one day to another. And this is quite staggering. So we are very quickly reaching um, the peak or we climbing up towards the peak of the disease or the pandemic in South Africa. And, of course, this will be reflected in our schools. Is it worrying? Yes, indeed. Um, should schools be closed? Currently, uh, our position is that we are in support of the fact that schools must remain open, uh, provided that they are safe. And this has always been our view. So where we find that the the given protocol is not being followed, some of which Mr. Thompson has actually highlighted just now, then those are extremely dangerous conditions and dangerous situations and dangerous environments where those facilities and those people must not only be held to account, for allowing these lapses, but the department and the MEC must also be directly held accountable for not ensuring that everything is in place 
for the proper functioning of these facilities. Dr. Kika, you make mention of the fact that uh, provided that schools are, the safety in schools is ensured. How does one ensure safety in a school? And mind you, we are talking about all the public schools in South Africa. How do we ensure this safety? Well, first of all, those items that are needed to be there, such as PPE, the number of screeners, uh, the num- number of classrooms, the spacing within classrooms, all the precautions that have been listed so far that we are aware of should be in place. Where they are not in place, those schools are not safe. So it's as simple as that. Now, when schools first opened for the grades uh, 7s and 12s, we undertook as the Portfolio Committee and indeed as the Democratic Alliance in KZN and as in other provinces as well, we visited a large number of schools. I know that my colleagues here in KZN, the DAMPs and NPLs and various councillors visited schools. We looked at reports released by uh, the organisation that Mr. Thompson represents and others as well. And we looked at all these and we visited schools. Just to give you an idea, We, I, I personally visited schools in the Zululand district, a very rural district. I visited three municipalities in that district. We met with the district director there. Of the 578 schools in that district, he said to us that 501 schools safety in that district was dependent on the availability of water. And we found that there was a cross deficiency in the supply of water, both from a municipal level. We found that tanks in schools, when they were they were just filled up, some of them were not even emptied. The water that was inside was still green. When they opened the taps, sludge came out. I visited the kitchen of one of the schools. I noticed in a pot, I had asked him, was this water used to wash dishes? Why is it so dirty? The, the people that... the, the uh, Staff that do the cooking in the schools, part of the National Schools Nutrition Program, said to me that that is water that came out of the tank. They will be using that water to cook for the learners for that day. Oh so my goodness! No, 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 no. Yes. No. Now we we immediately uh, Dr. brought Kika, that. Dr. Kika, Dr. Yes. Kika, wait a minute. This is really atrocious. This is really scary. So this is not safe. But do, is there any proof of of this uh, statement that you are giving us, so that at least the powers yes, that yes, be? Yes, I took a picture of it. You took, a picture, I took of a picture of it. I took a picture of it. I was standing there. Committee members were there. We noted it. It's in our notes. It was escalated to the MEC of the province immediately. Uh, I think within a few minutes of having taken that picture, I WhatsApped it to him with the name of the school and asked that, you know, action be taken imminently. I don't think anything was done. You see, uh, I will be following up that. But what I do know is none of those tanks in mm-hmm. those schools None of those tanks in those schools were washed prior to tanks being refilled. So what we had suggested to them as part of a resolution that we had taken during those oversights is that they must consult with healthcare authorities, environmental healthcare authorities, and find ways to clean that. You know, I, I use the example that you can take, uh, you know, a green algorithm swimming pool. You can add strong bleach to it and other chemicals and clean it. So we needed to do the same, but that doesn't mean that that water must then be used to cook for the learners. You could probably use it to wash your hands and then, you know, cleanse the tank out and then refill it. So how is it that water in a water-scarce district 
were filled into these tanks without anything being done. So preparations were made for the reopening of schools without taking this into account. Then other safety measures that are of grave concern, because the Gazette says that other grades will be phased in next month. We know that in case in the grade R's will not be in now, and that going forward, they will be, as well as other grades. Now, we know that there are not enough classrooms. The department will not be able to supply enough park homes. They cannot urgently build thousands of classrooms in KwaZulu-Natal, and certainly there's not enough furniture to ensure that there's safe physical distancing. So these are the questions that worry us to say that will the schooling environment be safe when other grades are phased in. And in this regard, I wrote a letter to the KZN... Before we go to that letter, uh, uh, Dr. Kika, before we go to that letter, I think we need to just digest everything that uh, you have mentioned Um, and uh, also remind our listeners that we are talking about the COVID-19 cases in KZN schools, which are fast approaching the 1,000 mark, but it seems like this particular figure is also questionable. It is possible that it could be higher, according to the president of uh, the National Teachers Union, Mr. Alan Thompson. So we are talking about this. I'd like to find out from you at home. If you're a teacher or you're a parent or you're an educator, you can be anonymous. Call us in. Let us know what the circumstances in your particular school are or the circumstances around your child's school is. And then from there onwards, at least we will have an understanding that it is every person in South Africa who's under the public education system facing the same issue. And if you're a teacher, are you comfortable going back to work every single morning under these current circumstances that we are hearing from Mr. Thompson and uh, Dr. Kika? The number that you can dial is 011-714-4045 or 0891-104-207. Please do call us in. Unfortunately, my WhatsApp line is currently down. We are trying to uh, resuscitate it. So if we are not able to get your messages in time it's because of the system being down on us but you can sms us on 41391 on social media platforms at safm radio at patricia n and uli that number again that you can call is 0891104207 i want to go back to you dr kika before you speak about your letter Right. So you mentioned a couple of pointers here. You mentioned the fact that safety is paramount. And yes, I think this is something that we all, all feel, you know, the same sentiment about. However, with your investigations in the schools that you have visited in the KZN district, you have cited a lot of unsafe circumstances or scenarios but schools are still operating under those scenarios and you know there's been some argument that uh, you children going back to school at least the feeding schemes can uh, be resuscitated so children will at least get that one meal a day but if those meals as well are going to pose a health risk because of tanks not being cleaned or even the personnel not being tested or removed from the premises of the schools in time if they are tested uh, COVID positive then it cites a bigger risk. I, um, you know, I must agree with you. I, I, I can't say anything but that. And the reality is that, uh, you know, there are deficiencies in many areas. Um, I, if you want another example, I, you know, at the entrance of one of the schools, somebody took my temperature and said to me that, you know, my temperature is 31 degrees. I even amusingly remarked that that's the temperature of a snake. It can't be my temperature. And, you know, 
uh, when we went in and queried why this was the case, they were said we were told that look, this is the uh, problem uh, with the calibration of thermometers. All kinds of other excuses were given to us in this regard. The reality is that there was enough time to prepare, and even in the latest phasing in of grade, there was sufficient time to prepare for the phasing in of the grade, and still. Uh, in the, when it comes to the phasing in of other grades, you know, there, there'll be just an insurmountable um, number of excuses upon excuses from people sitting on their hands and not doing the job that they're getting paid to do. And this is the worry. So this will let people down to the extent that from the point of screening right up to the point of uh, you know, safety with regards to the nutritional program. But these are not deficiencies of, you know, the system that should be in place. This is just a deficiency of people who are not doing the job that they are getting paid to do or things that are hastily cobbled together in, and, and made to seem to the public that it is very good, it, it is being properly done. So just to give you an example, when, when schools first were gazetted to go back, I think it was on the... First of June, um, and and you know um, when they were first gazetted to go back, the Western Cape Province had gone back to school before everyone else, and and I was listening to the MEC for Education uh, in a conversation that we were having, and she said that you know at the gate of one of the schools, one of the educators said that um, you know she had a cough. And she was turned away and she, she was told, you know, go and get tested. And she said, oh, you know, I just have this mild cough. So they said to her, look, madam, please, you know, um, it's one of the things that is listed here on our list. Just go and get it. Have it. You know, have a look at it. And she went back and she had tested. It was on a Monday. The result came back on a Thursday and it was positive. So screening procedures are important. They work they are in place. It is just a matter of ensuring that the people that are there are doing the right job. KwaZulu-Natal has around 6,200 schools. That's a large number. In fact, it's one of the large provinces with the largest learner and teacher roles in the country uh, in terms of education. And we just don't have enough personnel. I mean, at sc- that's talking about the, the, the state schools. And, you know, of these 6,200 schools, we do- where are the personnel? We went to one school. We walked into the school quite freely in the Amajuba district. There was nobody to screen us. When we got inside and asked why we were not screened, they said to us, oh, the thermometers don't have batteries because the department didn't supply batteries to us. In another school, we were screened on the same day and we asked, how come you have batteries in your thermometer? The principal said to us, oh, we knew you are coming, so we went and bought batteries and we put it in our thermometer. So, the, you know, so systems are in place in and, and, and they work if they are well resourced and planning is properly done. Where it's not properly done, where it's not properly resourced, then it collapses on itself and this is the problem. Mm. Sure. Yeah, um Mr Thompson, you know, um every day I wake up and uh, one of my prayer <laughs> points is that save our children if nothing else from this uh, particular disease. And when we are looking at these figures, and obviously you're saying that they are inaccurate, and we are, I'm listening to what Dr. Kika has said in terms of what observations he has seen around KZN schools. 
We are hearing that the, the, the virus is not necessarily received because the students or the education staff goes to the school premises, but it's already in the communities that they live in. However, two weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken, on this particular show, we had two students who are grade 12 learners in a boarding school who went to school COVID negative because they had no signs or symptoms. A month later, they are COVID positive. And apparently in that particular school, there's a couple of students who have the same issue. How then do you as the National Teachers Union feel we should be handling this issue? Do you feel that we should still continue with schooling under the current circumstances? Because it doesn't seem like, you know, blame pointing is going to help us in any way. Yeah. Well, uh, Patricia, I think what is important first to indicate is that there is a serious fear out there, especially from parents, especially from students who are currently doing grade 12 that uh, they have done everything possible, uh, like Dr. Peter was indicating, in one of the private schools in Newcastle, they've already done a farewell function for their students. It was done on the, I mean, very, very early in the year. Now then, if we forfeit this academic year, it's not going to be acceptable to the students, it's not going to be acceptable to their parents. But the reality is this. The decision to close the schools was taken simply because of the advice from the scientists that we have to save lives. But unfortunately, the country failed to put all mechanisms in place in, prepare, in preparing schools to be ready to receive learners. That is why the National Teachers Union was, has been advocating for the return of only grade 12, until at least uh, we reach our peak and we can see that uh, the number of infections are now declining, then we can think about reopening the schools. Like it is the case with other countries, which are the well-to-do countries, which are having 15 learners in the classroom, uh, whom they are uh, uh, normal. It's very abnormal in as far as we are concerned because we are still faced with schools that are without toilets, uh, schools that are without water. When teachers are, are, are trying to find out that how are they going to operate if there is no water tank delivered, they are told that why do you need water because you have hand sanitizers. Those are the answers that they are getting. Uh, they ask a question, why did you open the school? Uh, they are told that no, we, without the school being fumigated, they are told that the school has been closed for almost two months. So there's no virus in the school. Why must we fumigate? But it's a decision of the department that before any person can enter into those premises, they want to make sure that every school is fumigated. So all those things were never done. Now, that is why then, as the National Teachers Union, we are proposing the following. Tomorrow we'll be having a meeting at 8 o'clock with the Minister of Basic Education. Uh, you see, when you see a province as small as Northern Cape, they've closed 48 schools 
in one go because of COVID-19 infections. You must then realize that the situation has gotten out of hand. And we need now to come up with stronger mechanisms to try to arrest the situation. Hence, we are proposing that uh, we close schools uh, for grade R to grade 11 uh, immediately and use the non-contact way of assisting learners at home until the health emergency has passed its peak and new infection has subsided significantly because if we do not wait for it to subside, we are still going to have the problem. Two, we are saying is not to seeing that COVID-19 a pandemic may linger for a while, uh, focuses be placed on capacitating both the learners and teachers to teach, learn, and interact on virtual platforms, like it is the case with members of parliament. They are not going to parliament. They are interacting uh, on virtual platforms. Then three, we are saying the grade 12 learners must be assisted to complete this academic year under very controlled conditions, which can be managed with respect to COVID-19 infection. This may entail pulling resources together to accommodate them in what we can call the learning camps or the isolation camps, where they will be assisted to complete the curriculum and write examinations. Currently, there are many hotels which have been reserved, reserved for quarantine purposes, but remain likely empty because most people prefer to quarantine at home. This is COVID-19 related learning which should also be spared similarly, uh, I mean, use the very same resources until the health emergency has rescinded significantly. And finally, we are saying as the National Teachers Union, should it not be possible to bring learners, uh, the grade 12 learners and teachers together into the learning camps, learning camps then all need the grade 12 learners must be provided with the necessary resources, that is electronic, digital devices, such as small uh, phones, laptops. They must be given data for connectivity, as well as any other appropriate and enabling resource that will assist them to be able to interact with, the, the, with each other and also interact with their teachers so that we can be able to have the online learning, like it has been the case with the former Model C schools, the private schools of, of, of this country, and all other schools that are having such resources. All if right. we will be able to do that, it means that we'll be able to save an academic year for the grade 12. We'll also be able to keep the, ro- the ball rolling that are doing grade R until grade 12. Okay, let's, I mean, grade 11. Um, uh, Mr. Thompson, I'd like to go to our callers. Remember that our WhatsApp line is down, so everyone needs <laughs> yeah. to be able to interact with us by calling us. The number is 011714-4045 or 0891-104207. Gift in Free State, thank you very much for holding so patiently. How are you this evening? I'm fine, I'm fine, ma'am. How are you? Excellent, thank you, Gift. Okay, ma'am, night to you and your panel there. You know, ma'am, I, this issue of uh, schooling, it's so difficult. Mm-hmm. As you said, maybe I'm a teacher at Mr. Bear. There are lots of things which are not all right. From the learner moving from home 
to school. Things are not right. You'll find that these learners are not wearing masks on their way to school. Right into the gate, when they enter the premises of the school, is then that they start wearing the mask. So you ask yourself, whose responsibility should it be? When they enter the schools, some thermometers are not working. As the doctor said there, you'll find that the thermometer will be registering less than 80 or 20 degrees Celsius. Then they will say, no, it's fine. As long as it hasn't reached 88 or 37.5 degrees. So you wonder, as an educator, for your safety, for this learner's safety. So I think the solution is one from all of this. We've been listening to the unions, the department. They are saying this and that. But I think we, as parents, I'm also a parent. I've taken a decision on my own that I would never, ever send my kid to school. I'm not saying schools should be closed or open. But the rightful people to take the decision because you can see that the, the unions and departments, they are detailing on the matter. Someone will come with the issue of the scientists. They will tell you this and that are the parents. It's up to us. As a parent, you have to decide whether you send your kid or not. But I want to be honest on the situation. Things are not right now. Things are not they right. They are afraid gift. to mm-hmm. say they are not right. And because you are currently going say, to work, Gift? I am currently going to work, ma'am. But you will not take your children to school? I'm not going to do that, ma'am. Because as I'm saying, in my school where I'm teaching, I can see the things that are happening, the wrong things that are happening. Mm. Therefore, if I send my kids to another school, how sure will I be? Because the other grades have been phased in. But when you observe, I normally go and observe at those schools. You will find that the temperatures are not taken. They just get in learners inside the school. The temperature is just being turned around their necks, head. You see, things that are not right. Mm. So as I'm saying, the rightful people who have got the power to decide, it's us as parents. Because at the end of the day, you ask yourself, how are the grade 12s going to write the final examination? If the schools closes today, tomorrow they open, the paper mm. will be the same at the end of the year. Yeah. So will the true reflection of the results, will the results be the true reflection of what was happening? Mm. I wonder. So as I'm saying, for me, it's up to us. You as a parent, we've got powers as parents to decide. Thank you very much, Gift. Thank you. Thank you very, very much, Gift. Let's take a bit of a breather and then after that we'll continue with the calls and our guests. This is SAFM leading the late night conversation. SAFM. Prime time all day long. This is Late Night Conversation on SAFM 104-107-FM uh, Nationwide. My name is Patricia Ntuli. We are about to, you know, uh, wrap up the conversation that we are having regarding to education. And especially we are taking a look at uh, KZN, which has a reported number of 873 COVID-19 cases, although it is believed by uh, NATU that uh, these figures 
are understated and it could possibly be worse than this. My guests on the line are the president of uh, the National Teachers Union, Natu, Ellen Thompson, alongside to Dr. Imran Kika, who is the DA education spokesperson. I'd like to go to some of the uh, SMSs. Remember that you can't WhatsApp us right now as our lines are down for WhatsApp, but you can SMS us on 41391. SMSs are charged at 150 or you can call us on 01 one one seven one four four zero four five or on O eight nine one one oh four two oh seven. Here, um, my, our listener says, uh, I think Mr. Thompson cares about the future of this country, unlike others. This is from Slender Sankonche. And then the next person says, well, um, there's, there's a young and old solutions against such a right prevailing challenges please harmonize this threat by suspending all schooling uh, indefinitely until it is safe that's from anonymous and then the next person says yo mampet uli calling from limpopo i'm convinced that greater population of schools are massacred by this merciless pandemic that has no respect to all humankind with that being said, I think it's uh, time for us to be able to go to the lines. Let me go quickly to Kangelane. Kangelane, good evening. I'm giving you just a couple of, uh, you know, seconds to give us your thoughts. Thanks, Patricia, and good evening to, your, to you, your guests, and your listeners. Evening. Yeah, I fully agree with the previous, uh, with, the, with the previous speaker or, or listener who spoke a lot about things that are happening in schools. One of the things that I used to observe in, in my school, in my school where I'm teaching, the children, for instance, do not have what is called bowels for eating. But one of the educators personally or voluntarily bought bowels for teaching, one for eating or for, um, for our learners. But what I noticed now, they don't have cups for or cups for drinking water. In my classroom, I used to tell them when they request to or ask asking to go and to drink water, say, just take a bucket and bring the water inside the classroom. Okay, even if they do so, only to find that inside the classroom, they don't have each learner does not have its own cup to drink. They are going to share one in the same class, one in the same cup. What kind of that? Which means I could see that. And the school is not is not hundred percent compliant with what has been put in place by the Department of Education. I thank you. Thank you very much, Kangelani. This is definitely a challenge. Tabo, you've been holding as well. Good evening. How are you? Fine, thanks on yourself. Excellent, thank you, Tabo. Can you give us your thoughts in a couple of seconds, please? Yes, please. But you see, the whole thing doesn't make any sense to me what the the teachers are saying. It's because it's as if they are put, giving us the teachers if the whole uh, pandemic is concentrated at the schools. But if you look our children in our own townships where we are staying, the same thing is happening where they are not having the masks, they are not playing together, they are not uh, social distancing. And then they think that this epidemic is only isolated in schools, which, which is a trap trap. It's everywhere. Whether it's a peak, it's not the peak only for school. It's peak for the... It does not care whether you are a teacher, whether you are a king or whatever. 
it goes for everyone. So to to put a picture is is going only to be in, in uh, at the schools. It, it doesn't make any sense, and it doesn't. It's not scientifically at all. It's only trying to avoid to go to school. That's all, all because right. this thing. Uh, this thing is going to be there for. It's just like if I told, I say, Sabo, uh, uh, can I ask you a question? Yes. Before I let you go, do you have any school-going children, school-age yes, children? Do. Yes, are I do. Are they currently at school or are they yes, in private schools? Th- yes, they do. In private schools or public schools? Yeah. Is it public no, no, or private it, schools? No, no, it does not matter. No, I'm asking a question because, because no, 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 I don't see what is the relevance of that. There is a relevance, because, Tabo, because there, there, schools, uh, I'm, go- I'm going to ask you to either listen and also listen to opinions or I'm going to have to hang up on you. There is a okay. reason behind that because, Tabo, the example we are giving now, and I said the president, that we are talking about the public school system currently in KZN. And the reason for that is because in the public schools, you find 60 plus children with no facilities, no running water, no bathrooms. And if we are saying that it's only, uh, you know, it's, it's every school that every child must go to school. It's not scientific. And then he's in the township. There are exasperated circumstances. And in the townships. Uh, we are not talking we about the, the home circumstances. We are talking about the school circumstances, Tabo. And that is where I, our conversation is coming I say, from. but it's worse in, 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 in the schools. In, in the exactly, it is worse in the schools when it's schools that don't have the facilities. There's no screening in those schools, Tabo. So we need to be sensitive because as a parent myself, I feel that oh, we all need to be sensitive and not look at things no, one-sided. No, uh, no, no. It's only an excuse. It's, it doesn't make any sense at all to me. All right. because Thank you very that- much, Tabo. Thank you. Uh, we're going to have to wrap up with our guests. And, but before we do that, I'd like to go to WhatsApp. And I feel it is a, a heated conversation and we all need to be open and honest with each other. But we, we need to look at all sides of the coin, not looking at our advantages and our privileges that we have as South Africans, because majority of us do not have the same privileges. On WhatsApp here, I see someone saying, I think uh, p- parents, I don't feel comfortable sending my children to school. Someone else here says parents should take the time to help their children learn at home. And then someone else is saying that um, COVID-19 is an infectious disease. Hence, the parliament is still closed. Then the schools reopen while COVID-19 is reaching its peak, while um, the situation is still very strong and very bad. So South Africa, and uh, we need to look at this problem. Let me allow my guests uh, to please wrap up. But I'll start with you, Dr. Kika. Dr. Kika, please give me 30 seconds because I need to go to the news. Patricia, I'm a parent. I have four children in school. They are attending school. I think we will need to live with this virus going forward. I think that uh, when it comes to the schooling system, we need to make sure that the future of our learners does not end in them dropping out of school. Homeschooling is certainly an option. And, of course, we will stick to the advice of the experts from the South African uh, Pediatric Association, for example, the Ministerial Advisory Committee. Thank you very much, And of Dr. course, Kika. we believe that corruption such as P- in the PPE scandals and all of that must come to an end. Thank you very much, Dr. Kika. I'll give you, uh, Mr. Thompson, uh, your 30 seconds. Uh, thank you, Patricia. I think you can see the importance of such a show is to try to assist the likes of Tabo who do not understand the dynamics and the problems uh, of most rural schools and township schools. Like Kangelani was saying, our children are drinking with one cup from one bucket of water. 
They do not have water. They can't go to the toilet. Uh, they are not being sanitized. They are not being screened. They are overcrowded in classes. There are no substitute teachers employed. Mm. There are no additional teachers Unfortunately, employed. Unfortunately, Mr. Thompson, because of time, yes. I need to go to the news desk. But I do no, thank, thank you, you, and I do hope that we're going to have this conversation in the new future again because this one hour is just not enough. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Zoleka, please do not uh, smack me for uh, taking up an extra minute of your time. Let's go on to you in the newsroom.